Hello and welcome to On The Ball, the totally accessible podcast with no poor contrasts or outdated outlines. This is episode 89, I'm Steve Sanders aka at NCFC Numbers on Twitter and we've undergone our own redesign for this week with a little bit of rotation between myself and Mr Bailey. And it's not just the new badge that's slick, perfectly aligned and finally keeping up with the rest of the Premier League. On the pitch too, Norwich City have transformed themselves from a badly drawn cat to a fearsome lion in recent weeks. And even if we've got no goals to pick apart this week, we'll be assessing what's changed in the two games under Dean Smith. Wondering if Michael can still resist Rashica and switching attention from the Newcastle on our crest to the Newcastle six-pointer tomorrow night. That seems a lot better written down than it does when you actually have to read it out, but never mind. Um, We have a a streamlined and modern and contemporary panel this evening for you as well. And, well, the first guest is going to be a massive shock to you all. Um, It's our guest for the week for the on the ball podcast and michael bailey youtube channel it's on the ball podcast host and star of the michael bailey youtube channel <laughs> michael bailey oh my goodness thank you very much for such what the intros are so much better when you do them steve i, I think you I, must have more time to write them <laughs> i do have a lot of time on my hands i feel like they're more contrived <laughs> is probably what you what you mean love um love it how, how are you doing michael are you all right I am. I'm good. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good weekend, I thought. Last week was pretty busy after we did the last podcast. Lots happened. A um, couple of things I didn't let the cat out of the bag and probably would have got in deep trouble if I had done. Um, and we'll obviously talk about those in a bit. And I'm very excited about our, our guest this evening. This is like this is like proper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think I don't think we've had a we have had a proper a proper proper guest on. So shall I <laughs> shall I introduce him? Go on. Um, yes, we have an actual ex Norwich City footballer on the panel today, and still the last Norwich City player to score and win on his league debut. Don't know oh. if you knew that one, Matt Jarvis. Matt, how are you? I'm very very well after that last little stat. So thank you <laughs> oh, very much. Is. He is so happy now. That is a big <laughs> smile. That is a good start. Have you good with us. Um, I still remember the goal. I think I was sat. I think I was sat right behind it as you as you curled it in with your cut in and curled it in with your left foot. Not gonna lie, it's up there with one of my favourites because just with everything that went about it, debut, passion, scoring. Yeah, the, it's it's one of my favourites. And uh, how are you, how are you at the moment? Are you you keeping well? Keep yourself busy. Yes, keeping myself. Uh, with kids and general <laughs> general uh, odd bits and pieces but um i i'm very much enjoying myself so it's uh, it's good thank you great to hear well let's hope we can extend that for at least another hour or so <laughs> um, <laughs> um so yes just the two people to introduce this week so um we've got a winger and a stinger because michael likes his stings right i mean again feel feels like that worked better on paper but um let's speaking of stings should we just get on with it and I, we can get the scripted stuff out of the way and uh cue our headline act Uh, 
I genuinely, I genuinely thought that that was going to be quieter than it was. I thought I'd edit it so it's quieter. Carry on. It'll be fine on the audio. Go, go. I mean, if anything, it was louder. But never mind. Was my ears um, bleeding. Carry yeah. on, Steve. Um, so don't forget, if you're watching live, to get involved with the discussion by leaving us a comment. And uh, Michael, I think you're going to be on the lookout today. So hopefully, you do a better job than I'd normally manage to do. Um, yeah. You know, I don't like to tell you what to do on your own, own podcast. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, we'll we'll turn our immediate attention to Saturday's game. Then at home to Wolves, uh, Norwich City picked up their seventh point out of a possible nine and restricted the visitors to just five shots. That's the fewest Norwich City have faced in any Premier League game this century. Um, Michael, it was windy, it was freezing cold, uh, there was driving rain and there was no goals. But despite all of that, I felt like there was a a real air of optimism in the ground at full time. Uh, What did you make of it all? Yeah, I think so. Um, Especially when you look at what was going on at, say, Brighton in the evening where they basically got, you know, a a few boos, which obviously captured a lot of uh, attention. And I feel like I know that situation quite well. I can appreciate that when a team has done, you know, well, kept progressing. And then there's a few stodgy results or maybe, you know, the fans want more and um, fans always want more. It's kind of what happens, isn't it? It's what you want in a football club. Um, And and sometimes that's just not possible. But um, there was none of that at Carrow Road. I thought it, it sort of, it didn't quite have the energy, obviously, of full time against Southampton because it was a very different result. But and and I did wonder if I was going out on a limb myself. But I I really enjoyed the game. I enjoyed it from the first kick. Really, I I, I thought it was really interesting how Wolves went about it. They looked really comfortable in possession early on, um, and I thought it did take Norwich a little while to get a grip. Now, then, once they did have a grip of it. I was actually really impressed by the control they had of the game. Now, whether that's because Wolves um, have sort of, although they're in really good form and sixth in the table, I don't know how convincing they've been. They had a difficult performance in their last away game at Crystal Palace. So there were a couple of question marks there. So whether it was Norwich, um, you know, really controlling the game and and, and deserving and, and doing that to Wolves, or whether it was Wolves sort of getting a bit stuck as they have been. I know the Wolves fans and listening to their local radio phone-ins, what have you, that sort of go on behind us in the press box. There was obviously a bit of unhappiness about whether Bruno Large was, was proactive enough and forced the issue enough. But from a Norwich perspective, I don't really think you could have asked for much more. And I thought it was quite telling from... Dean Smith's first comment, I think, in his post-match press conferences where he basically came out and said, I thought we looked like a really good team today. And I think in a Premier League game against a team that's been playing well, they did. They looked solid at the back and when they weren't causing themselves their own issues. They had three really good chances. The only blot really was that they didn't take any of them. But they did exude uh, you know, a fair amount of control in the game and um, just can't really believe the, the difference, really. <laughs> it's quite remarkable. Yeah, and I think it's always good when you can see opposition fans saying that they felt like their team didn't play that well. I think that's usually a sign that you've you've kind of nullified them and kept them quiet, which which was what it felt like on Saturday. Um, Matt, you've you've played for both teams, of course, so you can offer us a completely unbiased <coughs> view on on this one. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do remember who your audience is, of course. Um, do you think uh, what what was your take on that? Do you think that a, a draw was a fair result, or did Norwich City deserve a little bit more? Um, I think. To, to be honest, I think um, Michael's hit. We spoke sort of very briefly before we came on air, and I, I totally agree with with what he said. I think you know Norwich. You can see the difference. You know, since Dean Smith's come in, they're much. They're just the enthusiasm to run about the pitch. To I, I think you know you said about the fans. Um, 
in like Brighton or Booing and that. I don't think you'd, I, I mean, I, I've never experienced really that at Norwich, uh, even when things haven't been going as well as you'd, you'd hope. I don't really feel that that's, that's been a case for the Norwich fans, which is a massive compliment. Um, and I also agree with you that, that Wolves, although their position in the league, it looks great. Their, their performances as a team haven't been great in games. They've they've performed well for 15, 20 minutes where they've got themselves five or a goal up and and they've got players that can do that. But they, they haven't had a, a 90 minutes of a game where they've been on it as a team. That is obviously a bit of both. It's, it's, it's great um, on the sense that Norwich have, have kept them at bay. They've they obviously after, after you said after the first sort of twenty minutes they sort of got themselves into the game were able to then get a bit more possession and that's what both teams sort of that's what they base their games on is trying to keep hold of the ball and to then slightly get more possession to then try and have one or two chances they don't genuinely score loads of goals both teams so it, it was always going to be a tight game and. And and as you say, once once a new manager comes in, you you, you the first thing you, they always do when you're a team that's struggling is stop the goals, and that's what he, that's what he's done. And and you can be very pleased with the result. I think you said the positivity after the game. There's always a new manager comes in, and you've got two great results. It's it's always a it's always a, a great stepping stone to the next one, which is a huge game. Yeah, I think um, every game Wolves have played this season, it feels like it's been tight. It feels, as you've ex- said, exactly that. They haven't, when they've won, they've not won by a lot. When they've lost, they've not been beaten by many. I think nearly all their defeats have been 1 0. So, um, and they looked like a team that was going to be very solid and difficult to break down, um, but at the same time, didn't offer that much of a threat going forward. Um, there was a lot of positivity, Michael. And, and I, I think, you know, because of the nature of the performance, it, it feels like we should be upbeat. But is there an element of feeling that that was two points that maybe got away? <clears throat> I, I, I think in that case, you have to look at what's to come. I honestly don't think hmm. you can. We don't know that now, do we? I think if um, I was having a chat with, I think it was Neil at the Anfield Rap, who was like, well, the fact you haven't won, that means you have to go to Newcastle and win, doesn't it? And I was a bit like, well, no, no, it probably means they don't they have to go and don't lose. But even if they'd have won on Saturday, you wouldn't have wanted them to lose to Newcastle just because Newcastle are above them. They're in the mix. And if there's one thing we learned from two years ago, it's a, you know, the points you pick up against the teams around you can be more valuable than doing it against the team in the top six. So um I think what's really the, the performances have been really encouraging. There is also wider context. I mean, your stat, by the way, was amazing, absolutely amazing in terms of Norwich's um, the, the amount of shots that Wolves had um, and ha- being restricted. It was in the context of the fact that Wolves have really struggled for shots away from home in uh, this season. Um, uh, what's more is that. Um, they've also kept a lot of clean sheets away from home. So even if even when Wolves aren't, maybe, as Matt said, they're having maybe periods of games, what they do manage to do is keep the opposition out generally away from home as well. So um, in that context, I think you have to look at, you know, I thought I thought they Norwich had big chances, but actually Wolves kind of defended them pretty well as well, um, even though there were big chances. And that's something Dean Smith wants Norwich to do. He wants them to not give away such big chances and, and defend their box. So they defend those big chances well too. So um I guess the fascinating thing for me, and we'll obviously come on to the Newcastle game, it's, it's sort of what happens next. It, it is how, do, how does the Dean Smith side look away from home and all that sort of stuff, which I'll happily wait on for now. But, uh, for, and it, you know, t- Dean's been quite fortunate in a way. You know, he took over a team that had just won a game um, and his first two games were at home against two teams that 
you know, let's be honest, Norwich at least felt they could have a chance of beating. Um, so that's pretty good. And they've taken four points. They've got seven from nine. I, you know, I, I think you have to just take it at this point. Take that they didn't lose. Take the point and appreciate that the one thing they need to add to is taking a few chances. Let's hope that that is in their locker. <laughs> Yeah, and and one player who we're yet to see take a chance and score, but um, for me, really impressed on Saturday, and actually did against Southampton as well, is uh, is Milo, Milo or Milot? Uh, what are we? Sorry, my definitely Milot. Milot. Okay, we'll go with Milot. Milot. Milot Rashidza um, had a great game, and and Matt, um, I guess a, a player who you can identify with. Uh, their dribbler, left, um, right-footed player on the left. Is he someone who you've had a much chance to have a look at? And, and any any thoughts on him? <clears throat> yeah, um, bit, bits and pieces that I've I've seen of him. Um, it, it, he's what you want as a as a fan, I suppose. You want to have that person that can dribble with the ball, that can be that exciting, get your edge of your seats when you see them. Is going to try and take someone on, going to whip a crossing, going to have a shot at goal. I think that's that's what every, every fan's dream is of of having that exciting player in the team, and it's it's about being consistent when when you when you're performing, and that's that's just something that you, you know you you're trying to learn. It's it's tough when you're in a team that's as well that's actually trying to create them opportunities that's your role in the team and then you start feeling that pressure of every time you get the ball you're gonna to have to try and do something with it so it's just making sure that you know he can continue to progress because I, I you know that that's all you want you know you need to you need to get uh, good crosses in get some assists get some goals under your belt as well and that it all just breeds confidence into your game and and hopefully you know, for, for his sake and for Norwich's sake, it starts coming quickly. Yeah, so actually a really good point about the crowd. He is one of the... And I had... I don't know if this is giving him too high praise, Michael. I had sort of Huckabee flashback slightly in that first half. Um, just just in that he... It, it, it's not often that we see a play like that. And obviously haven't in recent years under Farker because it's not the kind of, of winger that he likes to... Um, it's not the way he liked his wingers to play, um, but he, he is an exciting player. And you weren't that hot on him last week. We had to convince you that we thought he had a decent game. Are you, are you sold yet? No, hang on, hang on. Let's not rewrite history. <laughs> I thought he had a check. good game. The problem was, I just I see so much potential in him that I just mm. wanted more. I liked what he did, but you just feel like there's so much more. And I thought we saw a little bit more of that on Saturday. So I thought the way he carried and drove Norwich forward was, was wonderful. And as I've said, it's something that he should have been doing weeks ago, really. Because mm. you think back to the, his debut against Liverpool, he was probably the best player in that first half, just be, just the way that he got got forward. And then that role disappeared in the team, didn't it? And, and then it became very difficult. So um, I like what we're seeing. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing him playing away from home um, again, because I thought against Brentford, he had a decent game as well. And... Again, Dean Smith is talking him up. He can see when he's sitting there saying, We've got to stop being so reliant on Tamu Pookie. He is probably directly looking, to be honest, at me, Lok Rashidza, and saying, you, You've got the ability to score goals because he scored some, some beautiful, cracking goals a couple of seasons ago. It's definitely in there. And you can kind of see from the way he's making his chances, and the shooting isn't just quite um, accurate enough at the moment. But I, I just wonder if that belief. Um, hits home then then it then does get quite exciting and I, I just think there's so much I think he could be as influential as anyone this season I just think there's so much in him um, which I, I'm going to bring in Spoonmeat's question because he said he's asked uh, thoughts on the Rashidza song which was I mean, which is very good should we sing it 
I genuinely can't remember how it is. The tequila one, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it's quite long, actually, isn't it? Matt's loving this. Rashidza. There's the delay. That is a long song. It's even longer when Michael sings it. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I did try and speed it up. But there was an interesting... I think when they when they were trying to merge the highlights together on Match of the Day, you you listen to one part and they try and let the whole the whole chant plays out in the background. It's almost like they only did the edit of the crowd noise once Norwich fans had finished singing Rashidza's chant. So there we go. And I always think this is a big big moment i mean you said about you know it's him playing and getting huckabee vibes or you know matt jarvis against bournemouth vibes <laughs> and 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 that's it i think when players get their own song like that and it's so it's sung quite enthusiastically because um i think um someone mentioned to me that you know he's, he's had the song since manchester city away but you know starting to be sung sung quite regularly that that tells you the supporters are buying into what the player can do and they're excited and that that's part of it as well there's so, nothing yeah. better than that as a player you know, when you start hearing all the fans singing your, well, your name or you've made a song for you, it's, there's nothing better. And as you said, it's confidence. When, as I said, when you're in a team that's been struggling for goals, for performances, for everything, it, it, you can't just switch it straight on. So he's taking, you know, he's, he's getting his chance, he's doing it more regularly. And as the performances are getting better, the, the results are getting better, it, it just breeds confidence in the team, but also for, for him, you know, it, it, it's that position that you have to be confident in what you're going to do all the time because you're expected to to create the opportunities to score goals or score goals yourself. So it's it, it's good that he's improving on that and all these songs will definitely help. <laughs> I, I knew I should have called you a singer and not a stinger in the intro, Mark. I just didn't think you were going to just didn't think you were going to rock out the vocal cords that early. Um, Michael, you uh, read your piece this morning in uh, the Athletic. Little plug there for you. Um, I know you, I know you love them, um, but what it, I mean, it was very interesting. And I suppose could you just put into into words? That's such an awful phrase, but could you put into words um, what the main changes that you've seen are under Dean Smith after two games? It's very early days, obviously, but um, what what's impressed you the most? Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, because I wrote it Sunday morning. I'll try and, rem- <clears throat> try and remember. Can I just say also, which I think I can, because, you know, I-, I have a stake in this podcast. Um, if you're watching this now and you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, by the way, if you subscribe um, before the end of tonight, tonight, um, we've got our Black Friday deal offer, which is £1 per month for 12 months, the entire year for £12 for all of The Athletic, not just my stuff, as one of the stewards at Carrow Road asked me on Saturday. It's not my own company set up to cover Norwich. There is masses <laughs> of amazing, amazing sports journalism on there and then there's my stuff as well Norwich you get all that for one pound a month for 12 months so uh, that's Black Friday offer for the rest of today so sign up if you've been thinking about it and not done it do it um, and I'll reveal all my stuff in, in the piece from today now because uh, yeah I think um, I think the things I picked up on were A um, although we talk about the chances that Norwich didn't take their XG from the Wolves game um, I think is basically the highest they've had at a home game in the Premier League or in fact, maybe even any game, but certainly a home game in the Premier League for, for two seasons. So the fact that they created those chances is a really good sign. Um, 
I thought it was, I mean, Matt touched about the energy and enthusiasm Norwich are now playing with. I remember constantly going on about how much they were jogging in the first few games. It just drove me mad. There was lots of drug jogging. And those recovery runs and the midfielders getting behind the ball when they lose the ball, I mean, it's something Dean Smith wanted. He wanted Norwich to improve in their transitions. It's something he made a point about in a couple of press conferences. And you can see that from how they dealt with Wolves when they got forward. They, you know, Billy Gilmore, Lucas Rupp, um, uh, and, and Brandon Williams, uh, they're all coming back. And it's easy to compare that with with maybe some of the attacks, say, against uh, the lead pro- produced um, when there was just more space and it was still a three-on-three once they got to the penalty area and stuff like that. Um, having more players committed to trying to pen um, Wolves in when they had a throw-in deep in their own half early in the game was another one. Um, they are playing it uh, out from the back slightly differently, but actually not as different as I thought. I'd kind of expected it to be a lot longer, more direct, but actually they did play it quite short against Wolves. So whether they'll do that at St. James's Park, I'll be interested to see. Um, but I think it's a question of giving the players the decision-making themselves. And I think we saw a couple of times where they got it a bit wrong and, and almost paid the penalty for that. So I'm sure they've had that chat at Colney in the last day or two. Um, and I think that was it really, but just um, just far more, far more coherence and organisation in terms of covering dangerous situations, but not at the expense of committing a lot of bodies going forward. That's the best bit about it. It's not like, well, the only way we're going to keep a clean sheet here, boys, is to stick nine players behind the ball and hope that Tamu and Josh score some so just by some means. You know, it's it's a real balance and he's just got them working a bit harder. I honestly think that they are working harder on the pitch. And that's probably now we're going to get into that challenge, really, where, you know, Dean Smith's voice won't be quite as new in a few weeks' time. Are they still going to be running as hard? Are they still going to be, have they still got that inner drive to prove themselves? Everything that I've heard, everything that built up to the managerial change was that, yes, these players want to be shown what is good in the Premier League and want to believe they can achieve it. So a lot of it's going to come down to their attitude to that and how and how they tackle it. Let's hope you saved some of what was written in the article there. Didn't give everything away. You should oh, still go and read it. Much, <laughs> much, more, made much more sense written down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, I think, well, a good question for Matt then is, is how, how, does that, how does that manifest itself then? Obviously, you know, you'll have been in dressing rooms where a manager's lost their job and a new manager's come in. And, and why is it that it makes such a difference? Are there any personal experiences that you can remember um, from your playing career? I think first and foremost to say, I think you look at the, the way the players played for Daniel Farker in the first sort of three years, that is how they play. They, the, the pace to, to get back defensively, the transitional, what Dean Smith is talking about, that's what they did really well with Daniel Farker in their first sort of three years. Um, so it, it, that you know they can do it. It's just when you're in a, a run of bad results, bad performances, then runs back get harder and harder um, <laughs> so uh, so you know to, for when a new manager comes in it's like a whole new lease of life because every player has got a clean slate whether the ones that were playing every week you know you're then thinking well actually I, I need to continue to do this because I might not play next week and the the players that haven't been in the squad or haven't been playing they've got that license to just show everyone what they can do in training and and when you get the opportunity, you've got to go and grab it. So like you said, you know, give it another few weeks and see if that's made any difference because 
that initial that's where you see loads of new managers come in and the the results you know that you see an instant change because everyone's like right i need to really go for this because i could be out of the team and then who knows how long i could be out of the team for so it's it's not right <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> it's not right but that's what happens unfortunately you you sometimes you just get a bit relaxed in the the position that you're in in the team whether that's playing or not playing and sometimes it's good to have a little shock to the system I think yeah. um, I think like most things, you can apply it to you can apply it to any kind of any kind of life situation. I suppose if you're in your job and you've got a new boss, you're like, "Oh, better watch myself here." And I think people sometimes take for granted the insecurity that that provides because there's a lot of people working at Carrow Road and Colney now who are thinking, "Yeah, I've got a great opportunity here, but if he then decides he doesn't like me or I'm not doing very well, I might lose my job <laughs> or I might have to move on." So there's that. So then you get, I suppose, to the next phase where it's like. Have I proven myself and then am I comfortable or have I proven myself, but I've got to keep putting it in because he wants me to do that. And uh, that's probably the the, the bit where the, the real man management kicks in, I suppose, once you've built those relationships and you've got someone still working for you and that, you know, I experienced that working it's, at, you know, the Virgin <laughs> Mega Store in London. And I've, I imagine footballers experience it all the time too. Hugely comparable it's, situations. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, all, it's all based around results though. That's the thing. If, if results are going well, performances, they'll keep driving forward because you can always see the next thing to go up whereas if performances go the other way it's sometimes a bit more difficult to to pull it pull it through um but at the moment it it looks really good really positive so long may that continue Yep, and hopefully we'll be seeing exactly the same in a week's time as well. Um, I think on on that note, and players who maybe we didn't expect to see so much of this early um, on, I was, and, and I think we're about giving players overdue recognition. And I feel sometimes Lucas Rip gets a hard time. I thought he did really well when he came on, um, well. especially as um, he he wouldn't have expected to have played that much football and hasn't really played that much football all season. It feels like so, or certainly not much. Um, so yeah, just a little shout out for him. Um, and I think with that we can we can probably we can probably move on. Um, feels like we've done the rules job justice. So time for pick that one out. I'm usually looking at Michael for about thirty seconds. Was that? <laughs> that was seamless. But yeah, carry on. I was really happy with that. <laughs> I just felt like I was uh, waiting for time. Maybe I shouldn't. Put, uh, Point, uh, pointed out. Uh, anyway, I'm particularly looking for that one out this week after the drama of uh, last week's um, Billy Gilmore ranting, uh, by which time it almost felt like we were, you know, insulting a member of Stuart Hodge's family or something like that. Poor Hodge, he, I, I did feel like he was a little bit kanged up on by the end, but I thought Billy was another one who had a really good game actually yeah. uh, on Saturday, so um, you know, we're all about, all about good vibes at the moment. Um, so yeah, pick that one out is the uh, section where we uh, basically, I guess to talk for thirty seconds uh, to get something off their chest, whatever it may be. Um, if it's something that's been bothering them, if it's something that they want a rant about, um, or if it's just something that they feel uh, hasn't been spoken about enough and need some overdue recognition. Um, I don't quite know how we're going to make it as dramatic as last week. I can't think of anything that would rile Michael up in such a way. Um, but Michael, do you want to go first and um, show us show us all how it's done? Oh, I need, I, to be honest, I've, I've been struggling for one. I, I, I much prefer asking it of other people. But if you're good to time me and then just shout at me when, uh, when I'm... I'm when always going to shout at you. Yeah. All right, good. Uh, okay, your 30 seconds starts now. Um, 
I mean, I'm, I'm, st- I've, I've already done the booing at Brighton, so I can't really do that. But I, I am, um, I am struggling a bit with the, with the Newcastle narrative at the moment. I must admit, because, um, the, the idea that, oh, I don't know if that's my phone. Is that my phone? Uh, the, the idea that, um, the idea that they uh, lost two nil at Arsenal and um, therefore they are almost certainly in massive trouble. I really don't understand because you know Arsenal beat you know teams who are struggling all the time they haven't lost to the bottom place side ever i think in the history and that's of your time well that wasn't very long no, well, you interrupted of, yourself i did myself. <laughs> i did um you know that um yeah anyway but, you know arsenal always win those games so it's not and, and actually they created some chances and they were well, quite unlucky and, and they've got like a whole arab country behind them like you know it's the even the idea they're in the relegation scrap i'm still really struggling with to be honest so i just hope they don't win on tuesday <laughs> there plenty of time for that um <laughs> uh, matt is there a, a, on you know having seen exactly how it's done is there anything yeah, that you can take <laughs> you can i can i try you for 30 seconds um you can try me for 30 seconds okay I, right. I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure i have not i haven't heard any of the before so i probably hope that this has not been brought up already it's not quite matter. norwich related but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, I'm it's, looking forward in, to it. it's in the game. Go okay. for it. I'm ready. Yep. Off you go. Okay. It is offsides and the linesman doesn't put his flag up. <laughs> so as an attacking player, the ball gets played in. You sprint, full pelt to go and get the ball. You then have a shot and then it either goes in, it doesn't go in. And then the referee just puts his arm up, or a linesman puts his arm up and he's offside. And you think... If it was that obvious, just put your flag up. I get the ones that the VAR check is like the toes are in front, but when it's like five yards and you've just sprinted 60 yards and the defenders sprinting, injuries are going to happen and just put your flag up. There you go. Yep. And you have to one zero. Yep. <laughs> I'll do. But- there you 100% go. 100% agree with that point, by the way. I I find it absolutely... Inf- and not only that, it, it I mean, this is a, this is a, a, compared to people getting injured is, is such a minor quibble, but it kind of creates like drama and incidents that aren't yeah. real because the flag would have gone up. So you're seeing highlights of things that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. That makes and sense. people get angry. There's some amount of yellow cards that go on after that as well, because something will happen. Like, I know this is not quite relevant, but it happened in PSG against City. Neymar went flying in and done a challenge on someone because of something like that that happened because nothing was given you had to carry on the 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 the, the possession in the in the team in the game and then the ball went round and because everyone was so annoyed he went and smashed someone <laughs> and I think he got booked <laughs> and you're like well all of this could have just been you just put your flag up it blew the whistle done yeah completely and there was one in the Chelsea Man United game as well sorry yes. to continue to labour this point where yeah, uh, the player was clearly offside um, the ball went out for a corner but the flag didn't the, the yes. flag didn't go up yeah. the linesman would have flagged uh, at, you know under normal circumstances it's so you get yeah. the corner then don't you yeah yeah yeah. Really, yeah. I mean that, and, and uh, that's yeah that's the one that gets me because it's like well hang on that's, that can't be right but anyway yeah mm. there we go I'm glad my 30 seconds turned into three minutes so <laughs> yeah. they're always the good ones that's what yeah. I learned Matt they're always the good ones no idea how long I've been waiting to rant about the <laughs> VAR offside non-offside um Excellent. Thank you very much, gents. Um, I, I think maybe could we have a, just a quick chat about badge as well? I mean, it's not part of my 30-second rant because oh. I, I quite like it. I mean, we're all obviously major design experts here, so our, our opinion is very valid. I thought the way the club 
um, actually kind of delivered the news. They'd obviously considered it. They obviously knew that it was going to be a big deal to fans. And I, I thought the way they presented it was was really, really well done. So massive credit to anyone involved in that. I think it looks, I think I think the old badge, the more you look at the current badge, the more, because uh, the, the new badge is coming in in June 2022, isn't it? But the, the, more, the more you think, yeah, it kind of did need a change, didn't it? What do you think, Michael? Yeah, I, it did. I, I I think they've done a good job on the design. Um, uh, I probably do now look at it and wish the tail was a bit longer on the canary because it looks more <laughs> like a robin than a canary, um, probably on reflection. Um, I, I think there is an argument that they, they, they could have done something closer to the, the original, but I... Um, you know, I've I've seen it shrunk down, and it looks almost exactly the same. And I, I can understand them, you know, wanting to to sharpen it up a little bit. And 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 I think there are really nice elements of it. And um, in terms of the process, I mean, to to have everyone kind of being feeling comfortable with it, I think is probably all you can possibly ask for for something like that because it's such a big sensitive thing. And I mean, what no one will know is that you know I. I was kind of aware that they were going to be changing the crest for months, probably since early this year. And I was livid. I was so angry. I was like, what are you doing? You don't change the colors. You don't touch the crest. You know, I was eight when I first, seven, six, when I first saw that crest. Everything about my journey, my career almost, has been revolving around this crest I know inside out. I know that that doesn't look like a lion. It doesn't matter because that's the crest. And, I, you know, I just couldn't comprehend it. Um, so to to have been kind of party to what I wasn't involved in the consultation, by the way, I just know that they were maybe some people were slightly wary as to what I would react, <laughs> how I would react when I saw it. But um, I just think the way it was done and how it was put across, uh, you can appreciate why 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 they've done it. And I think they've done it really sensitively. So, um, you know, I think fair play for that. And what what was probably stuck in the mind was that we had a whole AGM two days after the unveiling no one brought it up mm. uh, and, and i find that staggering because you know everyone in that room would have wanted to have had a go about it if it had been and something they weren't happy with so that probably says it all i think yep i think kind of no news is good news when in terms of direction i i like the idea of them maybe using the crest for the on the ball logo if they just rocked up the, the canary that you I did see that, that when we did good, it, i thought it? that's you know that's that's not that's probably got a longer tail actually than the than yeah. the new one but there we go carry on much better looking canary um any any comments that you've spotted michael i know there was somebody who enjoyed your singing so any that's <laughs> not commenting on your vocal oh i got i was still a bit stuck on i think i stuck on spoon meats asking me to sing the song and i don't think i got any further uh, mr radio floyd says the only way is rup which is obviously a strong pun um a few looking ahead to the Newcastle game in terms of Matthias Norman. So I think we'll probably get onto that. But Jake Roberts says, be interesting to see who Smith brings in for Matthias Norman since uh, he mentioned Jacob and Pierre Les Malou training hard. So I, I reckon we'll touch on that. But but yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthias Norman is out for um, Saturday, Tuesday. <clears throat> excuse me, frog in my throat uh, with, a, with a pelvic issue. He's going to see a specialist. So hopefully that's not too bad. But um, I always get, you know, a bit worried. I mean, it, I, I guess you've seen one or two specialists in your time, Matt. I mean, is it? Are they? Um, what What are they like? Are they normally helpful, or are they a bit sort of medical professionals? <clears throat> yeah, it, it, I unfortunately have seen quite a few. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously it depends on what specialist you're going to see: knees, ankles, but pelvic ones. Um, they are quite medical. It will be. They will either want to push you down the surgical route if it's something like that, or it's jab it and away you go. I think it's quite 
I leave it, jab it, surgery. That's yeah. that's your that's, that's your options. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I've done all three a fair few times. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Uh, yeah, like all all of them can work, and all of them might not work. I suppose it yeah. always depends, doesn't it? Um, uh, what else do we have? Um, oh, here we go. This one's on the crest. Uh, Gaz Freeman, evening chat reference crest. Should have kept the old canary as it is. Replace the old castle in line with the new one. Yeah, I've seen a few suggestions of that, and it looks. It looks, uh, it looks okay, doesn't it, like that? But, you know, um, we'll all have to get used to the new one now, to be honest. Um, oh, and Jason Hayden, here we go, let's have this one. All subs so far into Dean Smith have made an impact when they have come on. I think this has made an impact, which is helping the team. So yeah. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a, a piece I... point. Yeah. I love it. Uh, there's a piece that I never quite managed to write on substitutions. I think Daniel Farker had used the most but with the least average time per substitute yeah. so i think they were all on about three minutes um something daft like that well, so um i haven't counted but i'd love to know how many minutes adam eder has played in his 40 odd appearances for norwich city because it, it it can't it can't be many <laughs> Poor but that guy. Was, that's just how just how he did it wasn't it? how daniel did yeah. it it was the same with jordan hugill last season i think yep. he averaged he averaged you know as many appearances as anyone but they were at about eight minutes each or something. It's just, uh, I don't understand how you can, I mean, what, what is it like? Come on, Matt, what is it like coming on three minutes to go? Even if, even if it's like one nil and, and what does the manager say to you? Like, go on, go know, on, make exactly. something happen. I mean, exactly. it could take me three minutes to get up to speed. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, there's, you're like, it's a very good point because your, your subs are there to change the game. They have to have an impact on the game. That's, that is the role of the substitute. So, for now, that they are having that impact is a, it's very good. And it probably brings back to my point about you've got to impress. When you get that few minutes under a new manager, you have to impress. So you have to mm -hmm. be going into that thinking, right, I have to show him the best of me in however long I have. But giving yourself like three minutes, two minutes, five minutes as a, as a sub, if you're coming on in a game that you're losing and you need to go and score, you can understand you're only getting a couple of couple of minutes to, to come on. Um, but... The, it, the the harder ones are like, for instance, the the wide players, the the the, the attacking midfielder, because you've got to actually get in the game. You can't just you, you come on to take a set piece. You haven't kicked a ball all game. You know, it's, it's the same going back to can you take a penalty after you're coming on and you haven't kicked a ball and you go and take mm -hmm. a penalty. I think different with a striker. Some strikers are extremely good at coming on and scoring. I think Jermaine Defoe was one of them that was always extremely good at. He just come on to any game and was able to score. I think it's a diff strikers are very different in that aspect. You just got to be in the right place at the right time, which is instinct. But other other players, it is it's diff difficult. So one or two minutes is, I'd be gutted. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. It just um, I was just gonna say, it reminded me. I can't find it. I was having a quick look for it, but um, there was uh, there was someone who I think has introduced a substitutions coach. I think it's in championship it's somewhere in the afl i think they've introduced a substitutions coach and they now call them game changers not substitutes because you know they're not just replacing someone they're actually no. now i mean steve's wincing at that yeah as a, a bit, it does a bit but i tell you what as a ment <laughs> as a mentality it's kind of what you want isn't it ultimately it's unless you're coming up, on for someone who's injured up, isn't it yeah you maybe like i like it i like the concept and you could have injury replacements and then your game changes. You know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Were you injured or not? Because this is going to yeah. change what I'm expected to do now. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'd, 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 like to, I'd like to hear that, that conversation of calling Adam Eder a game changer as he's brought on in the, in the 92nd minute for a fifth game in a row. But uh, hey, 
different subs can do different things, right? Um, cool. Okay. Well, I think that probably wraps up um, a slightly longer pick that one out, but I think we covered some good stuff there. So as we move on to centerfold, Michael, oh, a half-time, half-time sting, please. Thank you. Let, yeah, that is my favourite. Let's do that one. It's long. Um, so we do have a centerfold this week, and that's because last Thursday was uh, Norwich City's AGM, aka Annual General Meeting. Um, that's something I'd normally say journalists tend to get more excited about than than most people. Although, please correct me if I'm wrong about that, Michael. Um, but this year there was some pretty big news that came out of it. Um, mainly that the fact that Stuart Webber uh, has announced they'll be staying beyond this season at Norwich City on a 12-month rolling contract. Um, so, Michael, can you tell us kind of what this means and is this something that we expected to happen or is it a bit of a surprise? Yeah, I think it was an open secret, really. I, it struck me like that, but sometimes I, I can't tell because I, I assume people know in the wider world and they and they don't, which is when I'm probably in, in danger of blurting something out without realising it. But, um, yeah, I think from the moment Stuart Webber did his press press um, media speaking um, after, was it after Leeds? I think it was, wasn't it? Or was it before uh, Leeds? Before, no, it was before Leeds, <laughs> in the long few weeks. Uh, before Leeds, um, he, got, he got asked... It, you know what's your future like he said it'll be sorted out in a month and to me if someone says that then it obviously sounds like they're they're sorted out their future <laughs> so um i think uh, i think most people kind of assumed that would be the case from then um and yes i was expecting an announcement at the agm uh, i don't actually think he signed the contract yet but he's agreed it so i'm sure they'll be um, rattling through the paperwork at a rate of knots um but essentially he's actually gone back to the deal he had when he first arrived i believe which is a, a contract that gives him an a year's worth of either notice or the club notice for him to leave so essentially they can look at it every year and work out if they want to do another 12 months or not um and or you know whether that's the last year they can they can work through it like that i think um that probably makes sense because you know having a deadline was the right idea at the time and they did tie it in with Daniel Farker's length of stay as well but I think the closer we got to the deadline the more of an issue it became ultimately and um, although they tried to keep it calm I would imagine that if I was a player joining Norwich and Stuart Webber was a big part of it I'd want to know how long he was staying for Dean Smith made sure he asked Stuart Webber how long he was staying for before he agreed to join Norwich um, so I think it's very much a, a situation that, that needed something um, I think it's really good that he signed it because I think it just elongates the, the security, I, I think Stuart Weber wanted to stay as well because he sort of openly said at the AGM that the idea was that he would leave this summer uh, and probably take a short break. There's a few things he wants to do and then he wants to work abroad. Um, and post-COVID, that's maybe not quite as appealing or as easy as it looked beforehand. I mean, I can kind of see that from a degree. It certainly makes the world a little bit more uncertain. But 
and I know I know a few people at, at Norwich feel this. They look at it and think if there'd be no COVID and we were 30 million quid better off, we'd be in an even better position than we are now as a club. And I think that just means that there's work they still want to do. Um, and they've got a bit to prove because there's, you know, quite a bit of change in staff that's taken place really since since over the last, well, 12 months, 12 to 14, 24 months. So um, the, the current iteration of who's looking after things at Cow Road, they've got a bit to prove and, and, and you know, how they achieve that work and, and success will obviously be keeping an eye on. But um, Stuart Weber obviously wants to lead that. And uh, I, I think ultimately it's good news and um, it means they're probably quite stable again, really, because you could see Dean Smith having a good run at this job now. He's perfectly equipped to deal with the championship campaign, if, if that is what it is next year. Likewise, he's proven himself in the Premier League and, and is probably a really good fit for Norwich at this level, certainly on current evidence. So... <laughs> Um, they're in a nice, stable place, and Stuart's contract was 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 nice news to sort of fit into that. Really, yeah, you do sort of feel he's he's kind of got slightly unfinished business as well now that he's brought in his his new man, um, Matt. You overlapped with uh, Mr. Weber during your time here. This this I think by and large has been met with kind of positive reactions by Norwich City fans. Is um, do you, do you feel like it's good news that um, that Weber might be here for a little bit longer? I think it's fantastic news for Norwich City. I have had the rough and the smooth with Stuart Webber myself, personally. <laughs> but let's hear, I, let's hear both. Let's hear I, both. I, I can certainly tell you both. Um, but he, for me, is a huge part of the success that Norwich has done. Um, the way he goes about his business is is perfect. Everything is honest. Everything is. There's no, you know, you know, whispers, lies, anything. It's he tells you exactly there and then the the truth and whether you like it or whether you don't like it and and for me as a player's point of view there's nothing better than that you know he comes straight in and told me even though he'd parked in my car park spot which was all numbered so he parked <laughs> in my spot and then went and told me pulled me in and told me that he's given my number away to josh murphy no <laughs> and was like and i was like oh so where do you want me to like where should i park he goes oh you can park like wherever and I was like well, you, you've actually parked in my spot this morning and he was like oh I am actually really sorry I didn't mean to do that <laughs> I was like so you've, oh, take, no. you've, you've taken my shirt and you've parked in my spot <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's very kind of you <laughs> but I still have a lot of respect for him he's uh, he, he's, he's a he's a top top, um, top person and um, you know he he what he's done for the club and the way he runs it is 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 pivotal for the, what they've done. And as you said, bringing in a new man, he will be working closely with him. And it, it's a must that they stay together. I think for me, there's there's a lot of other stories I could obviously tell you. Unless you're... <laughs> I feel like we've inflicted but... enough pain on you. That was that was no, no, heartbreaking. No. <laughs> it's, it's, um... it's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got over it now. <laughs> no, but he 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 really like he he you know he could have easily just got someone else to tell me or do everything. He pulled me straight in and told me, and he he doesn't mind doing that, which is which is you know it's never nice to get told anything, but at least he can tell you to your face, and you can like it or you can not like it, but at least he's told you. Yeah. And that's what I admire about Michael as well. You know, if I've had a terrible pod, he'll always tell me to my face. So, uh, <laughs> sometimes so, live, sometimes <laughs> live. Yeah. I, respect, I respect that too. He's never parked in my parking space though on my road, no, so I'll give him that no. much. Um, <laughs> right, well, now that we've looked back, probably time to look forward. We've spoken a little bit about Newcastle, so uh, let's, let's cue Motti up. This is almost fantasy football.
There we go. Um, so, yes, as we said last week, uh, Norwich City's next four games all come against teams who have appointed new managers since the beginning of this month. Uh, let me get this in the right order. Newcastle, Spurs, Manchester United and Villa. Uh, and the fixtures will start coming thick and indeed fast with two games to look forward to this week. Spurs on Sunday, but it's pretty difficult at the moment to look any further than tomorrow night. Uh, Newcastle away bottom versus second bottom at St. James's Park. So, Michael, how are, how are the nerves doing? Uh, optimistic? No, I, 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 I can't be either. I'm I, just a bit consumed. I literally was in the car today and I shook my head and puffed out my cheeks because it's like, it's huge. It feels like a, a, it, you can have defining games during a season and this feels like it has the potential to be. It's not going to decide anything. Everyone's going to go and play it all down and it doesn't matter and it might end up as a goalless draw and, and it will all be forgotten and the next result might be completely defining. I don't know. But just going into this game, the situation Newcastle are in, everything about that club at the moment, there is no way anyone in the Newcastle vicinity would tell you anything other than the fact they have to win the game regardless of how what point which body part it comes off the fact that eddie howe dropped in that mm, dwight gale might be back i was shuddering <laughs> and there's the last player i don't want to see dwight gale on a football pitch against norwich city because he always does something painful and i mean we you know likewise i've been to st james's park a fair few times most of the time the supporters can't be asked to be honest against Norwich they, the, the atmosphere is normally dead quiet there's no famous atmosphere there because it's Norwich they don't get that excited and you know they, they they might get by with whatever they get by but then I've also seen incredibly painful games where I think it was I haven't gone back over them but it was what 2-2 uh, with Chris Hewton and they ended up losing 6-2 because he took off was, um, um, Wes Houlihan for Alex Tetty or was it was Alec, Alec Neal wasn't it I believe was that Alec Neal well there was yeah. the Alec Neal one where they uh, yeah I'm, I'm losing track there's the Alec Neal one where they were what 3-1 up with 18, 180 seconds or two so minutes of injury, injury time. time and I mean you know it's a it's a phenomenal place <laughs> to, 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 to be I, I probably am going to have to remind myself of all the details of all those but I just feel like we're, we're probably on, you know, going to get, we're going to get something that's probably going to stick in the memory. Now, what it is, obviously we don't know yet, but you know, there's a, there's a bit of me that looks at Norwich in these two games and, and feel like they're, they're proving that they're a good side. Like I said, really at the start. And I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how they deal with that because they, it could having grown up a bit in these two games and sort of maybe this idea that Dean Smith keeps telling them, you know, I'm trying to drill into the players. He's trying to drill into them that, you know, they, they are Premier League players. Embrace the fact they're there, take on the challenges and show you can compete, which they have done in these two games. So let's see what they do away from home. And and I say this as someone who was convinced Newcastle would beat Brentford. Absolutely convinced. So we'll see what we get. I think if you look at, I, th- I think if you look at the two sides now in recent weeks, two both new managers you take Norwich all day long at the moment mm. with performances and the and the, the way that the teams reacted to the yes obviously the the fixtures have been better I suppose towards Norwich but that's a that's that's a <laughs> that's great it means that going into a game with with more confidence going into that I think the the more points <laughs> that Newcastle don't get towards January will help <laughs> Norwich massively yeah. because if they start picking up, then the Jan- January window just changes. I think if it if it stays the way it is, it becomes a lot more difficult for Newcastle going forward. So it, it's more, I would say, going into the game, Norwich, 
you know, you don't want to, you're saying that you're not too optimistic. It puts so much more pressure on the players going into that, going, they know they have to win or get a draw. You know, it's a, it's a, I think, like you said before, I think it's a must not lose game. You know, you, picking up points every week is is vital, whether mm. that's one point, whether that's three. You just, to, to go on a run, I know sometimes it's better to win, lose, win, lose, but for momentum, for the, under a new manager, for the team at the moment at Norwich, they need to just keep picking up results. They've had too many, like, you know, loss, loss, loss. And you, you mentally, you need to have something to hold on to at each, come away from a game going, we've got another point. We've got another point. We've got three. We've got another point. You know, when you we start doing that, you then start thinking, oh, actually, we, we've been on a good run. We've we've gone on four games without without losing. That's five. No, let's keep this going. And then you go into bigger games. Oh, sorry, bigger games. In more, you know, maybe like the team after Newcastle, you've, you know, you say Spurs, Man United, you know, so the, the games that you're not necessarily thinking that you can get points from you go into them games and you get points because you've got a free hit and you're thinking, well, we're on a good run. We can just go and attack it. And the Newcastle one is, is the defining yes, for sure. But if you're looking at the two teams, Norwich going into that game in much better form and can go into it thinking, Mm. yeah, we can get, we can get a result. Whereas the Newcastle players know they have to win. There's no getting around that. And those two that Michael mentioned, you would have been at the club, Matt, and those two still scar me to this day. And that's why I don't think we'll get to tell me that you had something good at St. James's Park happening in your career at some point at Wolves or West Ham or something. I've, yeah, I've scored at St. James's Park. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I was when he was saying it, I was, you see my face, I was like... I can see you wincing. Uh, 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 oh, sorry, Matt. Don't, don't bring sorry. that one up. <laughs> but no, I've had some success there. So that's uh, that's something. <laughs> all bad then. Um, yeah, I, was, I had a quick look actually at our um, record in all relegation zone clashes while we've been in the Premier League away from home and we've taken oh, two well. points from six games. Um, and so that. maybe it's that. And we last won at St. James's Park in 1988. Uh, so yeah, uh, though I think they're why I have this sort of sense of foreboding about this. But I also think that um, if if Dean Smith, like the way that we're setting up now, uh, and I think you alluded to this earlier, Michael, as well, uh, it kind of could work well in away games. And if Dean Smith can get his playing away, playing well away from home, then he's really turning water into wine because we haven't seen that in the Premier League for a while. So that would be nice. Um, take, the other taking sorry, points off, sorry, taking points off your 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 people, the teams that are around you away from home is huge. It, so it is like a must not lose game rather yeah. than must win. It's complete opposite for Newcastle. They have to win, but that you piling all the pressure onto them rather than the Norwich players. Yeah, I think we'd I all think, be happy with the point. I think, um, yeah, there's definitely that. I mean, it's really interesting in terms of... Um, oh, I've lost my trailer thought completely. Carry on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what I was going to say, I tell you what, um, the, the thing I've got slightly in the back of my mind is the pre-season friendly up there as well, because that... That was, you know, it's not normal you would play another Premier League team the week before the season starts in a friendly. Norwich had a lot of mitigating circumstances as well. Um, But the way Norwich were kind of pressed out of that, and I know obviously a lot has changed, but, you know, Norwich were were pressed out of that by by players who turned up, you know, Dwight Gale scored a couple, I think. Alan Sam Maximum played the second half and just Norwich never got really near him. And, um, you know, it's just akin to what I've seen up there before that in, in that scenario when Newcastle can play with really good tempo because they have got powerful players. Um, 
they just can can get a bit caught out. So, uh, well, and I've now remembered my thread, which was it was really interesting then to speak to Dean Smith in the presser today and ask him sort of how he's going to what a Dean Smith team away from home looks like because you know uh, Carroll Road he wanted them to be on the front foot, he wanted the game to kind of be compressed into the opponent's half, he wants them to be you know proactive like that and. He was like, well, it won't change that much. I mean, it, it, you do alter it slightly depending on what you're up against. But um, I, I think they might well go there and just try and get, have the ball for the first 20 minutes and just try and suck some of the energy out of the crowd. I mean, whether they can do that because Newcastle will be at full tilt in that period as well. And then how you do that by not giving away the spaces at the back. I don't know because I haven't got a UEFA pro license or whatever. But, you know, it's, it'll be interesting how Dean Smith sets them up really and certainly early on. Mm, and uh, no Matthias Norman, as we've already mentioned, Michael. Um, quick predictions then, Matt, ahead on the block time. Um, <clears throat> realistically, I think that that what Michael said about Dean Smith's the possession to suck the crowd out of the out of the game to keep in the ball and keep hold of it, and you know, because the first five ten minutes are going to be hectic to say the least. <laughs> I am, um, I can imagine. So to, to, to try and regain possession and, and pass the ball round and you know just settle everything down and try and take the crowd out of it will be huge. I I genuinely feel like Norwich, I, I do feel like it will be either, well, I do feel like it will be a draw. I'm, I'll probably go with, it'll definitely yes. be, a, it'll be, a, it'll be a score draw. I, I can't imagine it being a nil-nil, to be honest. Uh, it'll be like a one-all. I don't really think it'll be a tool. So I think I'll go with the one all because um, I, th- I think, yeah, I I, I I just think it'll be one all. I haven't got anything else to back it up, to be honest. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we it. need. Gut it feeling is. is all we need. Uh, yeah. Michael, any, yeah. any. I'm not saying a score. <laughs> if that's what you have, there's no way I'm I'll just have a, a result. We'll be fine. Um, uh, but I, I, I think. Um, we could get, oh, I just don't know. I don't know. I've been puffing my cheeks out all day. I don't know if I want to, I, I, because I, I can see everything happening. I honestly think Norwich could could do something special. Um, I think they could lose two or three nil. Uh, I had to be honest, because I, I look at Newcastle, I think they, ha- what are we, 13 games into the season? They haven't won. They've got, they, like United, Man City, Liverpool, oh, I don't know who else, but like really di- difficult fixtures coming up. Apart from, um, Norwich and then Burnley at home. So, you know, they're going to win one of those two games, I would imagine. So I just, I just hope it's not the one, um, the one tomorrow night. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I would definitely take a draw and I, I would, you know, even if Norwich were two 0 up, I'd probably still take a draw. So let's take a draw. Okay. I mean, I think I'm going to count that as a prediction and you saying draw. I, I can't believe you're sitting <laughs> on the fence after you ask me every week for my prediction. Yeah, that's um, why I'm what, the host, Steve. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you'll have me back next week, I'm sure. You'll, you'll pay me back. Um, one thing I did think as well is that uh, Matt Ritchie being suspended means that we'll probably see Jamal Lewis, I guess. So uh, that will be something to look forward to. Um, uh, Jamal Jamal Lascelles is uh, suspended as well, I think. He, so. Yes, he is. So, um, yeah, a couple of new... I, I agree. I think both teams will score, but... Um, 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not confident, but we'll we'll see. Um, I think that will probably <laughs> on on that massively upbeat quick, note quick. Uh, that will probably do for today's on the ball, uh, the Norwich City podcast that will never park in Matt Jarvis's space. Um, He's <laughs> ad libbed as well. You ad living links. Wow. Um, make sure you do subscribe to On the Ball via your podcast player of choice. Uh, the pod is available free for everyone on your usual player, and we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form, as you all know right now on Michael's social media channels if you're watching uh, just search michael bailey the athletic norwich city probably already be saved on your favorite searches somewhere on your preferred social platform and hopefully it will show up uh, ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated and if you do want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals don't get in touch with me sling michael a direct <laughs> message on twitter at michael j bailey uh, a huge thank you to our guest tonight uh, michael thank you Oh, I was, I was applauding Matt. Are you applauding yourself? <laughs> no, I was applauding Matt. Huge thanks to Matt. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. My, my absolute pleasure. I enjoyed it. Okay, and now you can applaud Matt. Matt, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, pleasure. Thank you very much. Brilliant having uh, you on, Matt. Yeah. Cheers, Matt. And uh, we will be back after the double bill next week. Thank you very much. There we go. We're still here, and Michael's looking at me. I, I and we're clear. <laughs> uh, just, what what are we clear of? I've never actually asked. What are we? What are we actually clear of? We're clear, we're clear of the pod. We're clear. Okay, of the pod. clear we're into we're... Wits End. Okay, yeah, okay, that that works. So yes, we're back for more, and this is Wits End. Uh, it's the secret part of the show where we trade the the gravitas of the main part of the pod for some basically slapdash discussion about anything Norwich City and more. Um, it's all named after a former teammate of Matt's, Stephen Whitaker. Yeah, uh, and we welcome all of you Twitterkers, uh, otherwise known as honorary members of Wits End uh, to Wits End. Uh, if you're here now, then you are a Twitterker. So congrats, I guess. Um, you can send us. Yeah, hello. Uh, you can send us your suggestions for topics to discuss either by emailing twitterkers at icloud.com or using hashtag twitterkers, T-W-I-T-T-E-R-K-E-R-S on Twitter. Uh, just don't explain what it refers to uh, like I accidentally did last week. Um, oh, yeah, Matt, I think that stayed yeah, I did. in, did it? Did that stay in? Uh, I, I, I never listened to the ones back then. No, no, I definitely <laughs> I didn't, didn't cut it out. But, <laughs> yeah, I, well, uh, I obviously didn't get away with that then. Um, Matt, how did you how did you enjoy that? Was it uh, was that was that in some way cathartic? <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing podcasts, and that was it's another one. You're very good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> You've done a few uh, of them now, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Love yeah, it. love it. In my in my chair. That is yeah. a great. That is a great podcast chair. <laughs> I think it, it might be the best chair that we've had ever uh, like, ever had ever. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. definitely, yeah, 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 and that sort of the thirty-second segment almost, but you know, Graham Norton, the big red chair, where he like flips yeah. them at the end. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah, kind of had that. That got, got that vibe as well. <laughs> Quit the button's not working. Yeah, yeah, there's no button here, thankfully. Um, we're still on. We're still on Bailey's comment. We're still on space puns. So um, I don't know oh. if anybody's um, chucked any into the chat. You've got your hand up. Oh, Matt Starvis, perfect. Yeah. Thank you, James Hotchkiss, for Matt Starvis. There we go. I think if we can start doing it for the actual guests, then that deserves some kind of bonus I know, point. That is right. Um, well 
Michael, you've um, already said that you're. Uh, do we have any more? No. Uh, potentially. Let me have a look through. <laughs> okay, well, while while you're doing that. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, oh, Craig Brooks update live update. Um, Nelson Tomato is still trying to find Rashidza. Um, yeah. <laughs> think he probably is Which, and, and in fairness we had Sergi Canos in his backside didn't we when uh, when he made the first goal up at Brentford as well so you know Milot is putting defenders on their backsides yeah. you, you must have done that a few yeah. times eh Matt I certainly have <laughs> yes it's uh, it's one of the more fun things to do as a wide player <laughs> did did you prefer to take it down the line or did you prefer to kind of cut in and, and put that or was, it, or was it just keeping them guessing that was the fun part exactly that keeping them guessing I think if you know what you're going to do either do it very early you get it and go or you make it up on the spot because you go off their reaction so it's either make your mind up right I'm going down the line this time you get it and you just go or you go to go and if you do something and they move then you go the opposite way and it's it's oh, great fun it's great fun <laughs> i mean honored to be yeah apart from actually you know training and playing that's the bit i miss most is taking players on it's just great fun great you know fun. What? it's it's and i you know i'm no sort of footballer but it's the one thing i just i just cannot do i cannot take a man on i just don't have the confidence in my own ability so i do i can admire anybody who can beat a man it's yeah. just i, I, I mean go, going into small little bits when i was obviously coming back from a few injuries at norwich i used to uh glenn the fitness coach i used to always have like things with him and he used to be buzzing to try and be the right back and try and like get um you know pass me the ball and that would be part of my like, rehab was he'd pass me and i have to take him on and go and he'd love it and i would be <laughs> buzzing it would be so much fun <laughs> but it was good we both enjoyed it and i got to uh to take him on and put crosses in and score goals it's all good fun. Nice. <laughs> you should ask ask john uh ask john boy about his goalkeeping when uh when he when he decided to join in one of my uh, rehab sessions oh well i think was it good not for him it was for me <laughs> i love that we'll have to get john boy on to uh to offer his uh response that would be fun yeah, it was absolutely. a good it was a good one one of my better shooting sessions i have to admit <laughs> i was um, gonna say steve i think i yeah. have i have your i have your confidence your over like the confidence you don't have to take people on i have too much of it and i always take mm. players on and then lose the ball i'm probably the most infuriating player to play football with so there we go carry on <laughs> anyway i mean having played football i wouldn't say you're infuriating i um but <laughs> You maybe have slightly misplaced that. confidence. <laughs> but, yeah, moving on. Moving on. Uh, Kieran Hawes at uh, the under 23s won 5 0. I think that was Wolves. Wolves under 23s, they beat 5 0 today away from home. Oh, okay. That's good work. Um, Carry do, on. We, do we know any of the scorers? Uh, let me find out while you say something else, Steve. Okay, well, I will I will turn to our space puns now then, Bailey's comments. So I think Michael at some point is going to pull together a full list, but I have, I, I'm kind of, if anyone's got any, then please uh, pop them in. Um, I'm kind of running out. I've got a couple to bring to the table this week, but uh, we had Orion Bennett last week from Josh. 
we've got Ozone Quebec, which I think we've decided that is space. That still counts, um, which is from <laughs> Ben. Um, Martian Peters, that was Dan's a couple of weeks ago, although he did think well, it was it Ian, Ian Peters, yeah, and not Martin. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe minus points for that. And then I liked Ricky Van Wolf's Twinkle as well from um, Mr. Radio Floyd. Oh, that, that worked quite well. I thought, um, I don't is this a good one? I thought of it literally before, just before we came on air. Gary Hoopanova. Am, am I allowed? Am I allowed that? Yeah, if you can, okay. yeah, sing it as an Oasis song. I think we're all good. Do you want to do that, Steve? Gary Hoopanova. Oh, that was yeah, oh, God. I, that's going to oh, sound so awful listening back. But yeah, that's my Liam Gallagher. Um, uh, that's lovely. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you can't be the only one that's allowed to yeah. sing on this, right? Um, I, one other thing. I mean, this is apropos of absolutely nothing, but I, I. The weather was so. I know I mentioned it earlier. The weather was awful on Saturday. And I was just trying to think of any games that like stick in the mind because of how, like, just because of the weather conditions. Like, can you remember any Norwich City? The one I did think of was Colchester away under Paul Lambert, where we won five nil, and the pitch was an absolute quagmire. And I was in the away end. I was in the away end for that game. I was. Uh, I haven't since I since I've been working as a journalist i haven't had many games in the stand and i find them a bit weird now which is a shame because i used to you know i did used to love that that you know, as a thing to do um but uh yeah i was in the way end for that colchester game yeah the pit that was like a quagmire i mean that game probably should have been called off to be honest but yeah there were a few um, like that in league one that season yeah <laughs> it's true but um uh yeah i'm trying to think of i remember a particularly cold new year's day home to portsmouth but um, I don't really know why. I don't think there was much snow, so that's not that exciting. And the only other time I remember um, inclement weather was a was a thunderstorm at Blackpool. It was an electrical storm. We went all the way up for a replay in, in the League Cup, and uh, it got called off because of the lightning. They were afraid it was, oh, it was yeah. too dangerous. So they called the game off and we went to the Pleasure Beach. We actually left Blackpool later than had we been there for the game. Um, but, you know, we had a great time. So, I mean, yeah. that's that's another one as well. I don't know if anybody out there, because that makes me think, did you see the Spurs fans who travelled all the way from the USA for yeah. the game against Burnley, got into the UK and then it was called off. And I think Harry Kane offered <clears> to do yeah. uh, do something uh, yeah, for them, didn't he? Which is, which he is good of him. Um, but I don't know if anybody out there um, can use the hashtag, can email Michael. Uh, has has any stories of travelling up for a game or down for a game and only to realise a couple of hours before kickoff that it's, uh, it's been called off? Or, uh, or likewise... Or likewise, have walked out into a freezing pitch in just a shirt. Yeah, John like Dyche. Because <laughs> what, what, he loves it. He absolutely loves it. That man. I tell you what, he was chuffed. I bet he's not on social media yet. He knew that was going to end up on social media. Yeah, there's nothing more Dyche than that. Um, Matt, can you remember any? Any? I mean, this is a, it's a fairly banal question, but are there any games that you can remember that were particularly? Uh, I don't know, snow or wind. Yeah, or? I mean, I, I've got one from my early days. I think it was Gillingham. We played um, Brighton, I think. And it was um, obviously not at their new stadium. At the Withdean. Um, it was, I'm sure it was Brighton. Um, and the pitch was basically, the pitch was frozen. It was like Boxing Day, I think it was. And it was frozen. And, you know, we went in and there was like port cabins for the changing rooms. And as we came, as we came uh, down, they were watering the pitch. And you were like, wow. 
you like, are you sure? Like, and it was, and and obviously you should see like everyone's running for the ball, but you know, you do that like stopping, going to the side a little bit rather than just planting your foot and going. It was, it was horrendous. And that's wow. The lineswoman, she fell over and broke her arm. <laughs> she had to go to hospital, broke no her arm because it was frozen solid. Yes. And they were because watering they it. Water. <laughs> it was, it was comical to be wow. honest, uh, but the game still played incredible. That is, wow. yeah, but it was it was pretty pretty chilly, pretty chilly. I mean, I didn't I didn't go to the Bescot when it was called off, and they had the braziers on the on the pitch. Just basically, they set light to the pitch in small areas, <laughs> hoping that that would mean the game could go on. I don't I don't know really. There's no way Paul Lambert was having that. Yeah. Um, which is something we haven't touched on. We didn't touch on the main pod, did we? They had all the, uh, they had everyone down at Carrow Road for the. Uh, 25th anniversary of uh, Delia, Michael and Michael. Oh, yeah. And, Apologies um, to Delia, Michael and Michael. Yeah. They, they, Paul Lambert, Chris Hewton, Nigel Worthington. Stellar. Stellar list of uh, of guests. So that was yeah. all exciting. And, and I think kind of goes to the fact that you can get all of those characters back, um, one in particular, um, you know, just shows how well-liked Delia and Michael must be uh, across the board. I was going to say actually that I actually I spent two weeks uh, when I was in when I was about fifteen um, working if it was Brighton or the with Dean uh, with the ground staff. <laughs> I did my work experience there. Um, oh, I have nothing but good things to it say. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if that lines woman is listening. Then uh, you know I hope I hope your arm's better. If not, I'll I'll send something in the post. You know, um, a man I, a man fitting to give. A man fitting Steve's description, walking on with a hose. <laughs> Whoa, this will help. This will help. It'll be fine. Yeah, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Shouldn't have been there. Um, um, we, should, we should just say, Steve, sorry. Uh, yeah, finish 5-0 at uh, the end of 23. Oh, yes. um, Sam Byron played 71 minutes. Uh, Bali Mumba scored and played the full match by the looks of things. Uh, so he got the opening goal. Uh, John Lowe got two. And Abu Kamara and Tom Dixon-Peters completed the scoring. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that score update. That seems like a very positive note to to end on, um, unless we've got Kenny other business. No, although I do wish Kenny would stop flailing his arms around when he makes a mistake and apologize. He does literally take five minutes apologizing to everyone in the stadium individually when he makes a mistake, <laughs> which is lovely. But it's a bit like, can you can you not? <laughs> can you get on with it, please? Kenny? Oh, he, so, he was so good though on Saturday. I really he was. I, he he, was. The old Kenny was back. So. Um, We'll we'll let him have the we'll let him have the over the top apologies. Um, right, well let's let's do it again then. Let's say goodbye again, Michael and Matt. Thank you so much uh, again for this week. Uh, we'll say goodbye on three then. Uh, one, two, three. Bye. <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs>